Hello, and welcome to UDL in 15 Minutes, where educators discuss their experiences with UDL. I'm Louie Lord Nelson, UDL author and leader. This episode is part of a special series about UDL implementation at Bartholomew Consolidated School Corporation in Columbus, Indiana. Today, I'm talking with Betty Lou Rowe, who's an educational consultant with the Indiana Resource Center for Autism at the Indiana Institute on Disability and Community. Betty Lou is going to share how she helped educators in Bartholomew Consolidated School Corporation use UDL to design their learning environments and lessons so students with more significant disabilities could be included in the general education environment. Hi, Betty Lou, how are you? I'm doing great, Louie. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. So let's get started and hear a little bit about you. What's been your journey in education and UDL? Sure. So I was a classroom teacher for 10 years, about 10 years, first teaching students with emotional disabilities in Toledo for Toledo Public Schools in Toledo, Ohio. And then I worked with students with autism spectrum disorder for Gross Point Schools in Gross Point, Michigan. From there, still with Gross Point, I moved into more of a teacher consultant role where I supported autism programs, as well as classrooms where students on the spectrum are being fully included. I then moved to Indiana and I became a coordinator for programs for students with significant disabilities at Indiana Public Schools. But now, now I'm an educational consultant for the Indiana Resource Center for Autism, or IRCA, and the Center on Educational Lifelong Learning, or CELL, that's located at Indiana University. So I would say my journey started with UDL, honestly, when I wanted to see changes in how students in self-contained programs we're accessing curriculum and instruction and experiences, whether via general education or within the program itself, that we weren't just moving in enclaves or had like sort of that warehouse feeling that can happen with programming. And I really wanted to see change there. So I searched out first information online, where, where we always go, and found some different things. And then through patents of Indiana, because they also have a lot of resources there. And I actually brought them into IPS to work with us a little bit with our programs for kids that were in programs for more significant disabilities. And now I sprinkle in UDL wherever I can, no matter who I talk to or where I go or what I'm doing. I try to really talk about universal design for learning. Ah, oh, that's lovely. Oh, so can you share a little bit about IIDC, IRCA, CELL, <laughs> uh, the project you're yeah. on, just to give people a kind of a snapshot of this really significant organization in our state? Sure, because we're all about acronyms, right? We're, we, yeah. live, we live in the world of the alphabet soup. So IIDC, which stands for the Indiana Institute on Disability and Community, they consider the state of Indiana, this is their university center for excellence in disability. So it's a USED. You might see that word or that acronym kind of floating around, USED. And its home is at Indiana University Bloomington. So we're on campus, off campus a little bit, but it sits as a part of Indiana University. And the work of IIDC crosses a lifespan. So around services and community and research, there's all these different concepts that happen there at IDDC, and it consists of seven centers. So that's how everything, when we talk about the lifespan, it can move across all these centers. But it includes 
the Indiana Resource Center for Autism, or IRCA, or IRCA, and the Center on Education and Lifelong Learning South. So those are two that fall under that IIDC umbrella. But my work with IRCA consists of being project manager for behavior consultants. So I manage a couple hundred people on a listserv. I hold roundtables, webinars. I maintain resources, problem solve if people need to even get together one-on-one. So we do a lot of that really building capacity within our behavior consultants across the state. I'm also the research associate for Brain Change to Mind School Mental Health Clubs that we assisted in creating across the state. And I also provide professional development, intensive coaching, whatever support that schools need to help impact student success, as well as developing their staff's own skill set when working with kiddos. With Cell, in 2018, I began working on the ICTQ, Indiana Center for Teacher Quality. It's a grant that was awarded to Cell, and I was assigned to work with Bartholomew Consolidated Corporation at that point. And so specifically into that work with BCSC and UDL, I worked with preschool and the two middle schools as the focus was on transition from pre-K to kindergarten. And then middle school becomes like that hub of transition to and from, right? From elementary to high school. So it's sort of, that was our focus at that time. Got it. Got it. So that helped take this really big task and at least focus it in <laughs> on a Correct, yeah. Yeah, zone of what's going on. And and then what I understand is you guys didn't start with a heavy emphasis necessarily on academics. It was a child-centered approach. And so can you talk about that approach? Sure. Yeah. So what where we started at for the pre-K and the middle school was for the middle school level, the UDL facilitator there, Laura Usley, we identified a cohort of teachers. That's kind of where we started with that group to sort of like, where are we there in these middle schools? And because there's two, there's two different sets of people, right? It's kind of can be two different sets of mindsets about things. People are in two different spaces Mm -hmm. when you come to where they are with including students with more significant disabilities. And so we decided to break it down by really having a little mini trainings. We kind of handpicked the teachers that would help think about moving this forward. And their help was also in helping us think about what happens within that gen ed setting, right? And so for preschool, which is sometimes really an undervalued, you know, pre-K for me, that's where it starts is preschool. There's so much foundation that happens there. And so for them, we started with professional development, right? And working with that administration and special education staff as well, but PD for all those who are in that preschool realm. And in all of those levels, there were observations and time in the buildings, kind of get to the feel of what was happening within the buildings inside and outside the classrooms. So that was kind of part of that beginning, like helping me see BCSC and where we are and where we needed maybe to go with and who to bring along with that. In 2019, we added Schmidt Elementary as they had a number of students with more significant disabilities that are educated there in that space. 
and transitioning on to the middle schools. And so we wanted to include them on that focus as well. And we know that when it comes to our students with varying abilities, the IEPs are a huge part of that, right? But it's not who our kiddos are. It's even IEP at a glance doesn't really give us like who they really are, right? And IEPs are important. I don't want to say they're not. They're truly, truly important. But our kids aren't paperwork. And we realize that relationships are key to making this shift be successful. Going from just being kids in the building and even special ed staff in the building to really being a part of the community. And so I worked with the UDL facilitator, Kate Egren, who also was the preschool person. So she and I worked really closely together. And what was created was a snapshot of the kiddos that we were looking to transition into more inclusive environments. And it was a picture of the kid, the strengths, how they communicate their interests. That was what was first on that. It didn't have anything to do yet about their academics or what their challenges were. It was really about, let's see the kid first. Who is this kid? And we found that it was a great way to introduce those students to the teachers. Like, let's not focus on the deficit, the challenges that come with the kiddos, but first know who I am. And then also included are those other pieces that we felt like in order for them to learn within that setting, here's what they were going to need, right? And how then that leads into, hey, you have a lot of kids, right? UDL is not just about kiddos with IEPs. It's about all kids. And then we could help through professional development and lunch times where we were meeting with staff on how you could start seeing this for all your kids. I love the idea of the snapshot. I totally agree. You know, I'm a former special education teacher too, and we know and understand why we need to have IEPs. They are, like you said, really important, but the student can get lost in all of those words. And so Mm -hmm. I love this idea of the snapshot and can't wait to share uh, kind of an image of that document with people uh, when they, if they want to look over on the YouTube version of this podcast, but moving forward with this conversation, because we've got like four minutes left. So in the design that you and Kate and others at BCSC put together, you really focused on that design up front, helping teachers understand and others understand. So how did you involve the adults in this process? So all those educators that had to be involved in this, how, how did you do that? Yes. So BCSC has a very strong foundation of UDL. So for many of the teachers, I will say not all of them, but because I think that also in special education or teachers who work with, you know, have more program-based style of teaching, don't always see where UDL within their own setting, right? But there is the foundation of UDL there. Where we started was with our special education teachers and TAs because they were going to be facilitating the change. It has to come through them. They have to be confident in the language and in the process and all the aspects of that. We need them to be there, right? And so we wanted to start with them. We needed them to see the importance of the shift because by conversations, I could tell they were worried about keeping students safe. 
meeting goals from the IEP, right? And that those things become barriers. They're really, we want to say they're important to validate because I'm a hundred percent understand that mindset, but then how do we move that barrier out of the way so we can get to the inclusion part? I started also spending time in their classroom. So I could see what did that look like? What was happening within also that special education classroom with how students were accessing pieces, what was happening there, and then modeling concepts and aspects and talking through lessons that they would have and the content connectors that they were using. Like, how do we all bring that together so that it's solid and we're all on the same page for this? Because what was ultimately going to happen was those staff members are going to facilitate and those teachers are going to coach really the general education staff on these pieces for not only once again for their students but also just how that will look within the gen ed classroom as well ultimately we recognize that everyone's mindset isn't there yet louie you know it's a hard shift it's a hard movement Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we know we keep moving and the more that we talk about it and the more that we i think we also walk the talk about UDL and what it means for all kids that we're closer to getting there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we always have to remind ourselves that learning is all based on our background knowledge and our background experiences. And some colleagues Mm -hmm. have never had experiences of full inclusion. Some colleagues have never had any kind of background knowledge of, of even learning about this. And so as true to UDL as we are, we have to provide that mm-hmm. space and those supports. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. And there's always time involved, but we also know that we are here to serve these students. And so I really applaud the work that you guys are doing and the supports that you're putting in place to help just maintain that pressure on the accelerator, yeah. not pulling up and just saying, we're going to move forward. We're going to keep moving forward, but we're going to do it in a way that we hope supports all the adults because then it's going to benefit all the mm-hmm. kids. And I think that that's what you guys have done. So I really appreciate this conversation. This has been brilliant and I can't wait to hear more about where it's going to go in the future, but thank you so much for giving your time for this podcast. You bet. Thank you, Louie, because your voice out there to just, just motivates us to keep doing it. It's one thing to go to even like a professional development ourselves, right, Louie? But your snapshots of stuff is awesome. So I appreciate the work that you do as well, because it keeps us motivated. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Well, I have a great time doing it. So (laughs) that makes it even better if we have fun doing it, right? (laughs) I love it. It does. It does. Oh, awesome. Uh, So for those listening to this podcast, you can find supplemental materials like an image montage with closed captioning, that montage with audio descriptions, a transcript, and an associated blog at my website, which is theudlapproach.com forward slash media. And finally, if you have a story to share about UDL implementation for UDL in 15 minutes, you can contact me through theudlapproach.com. And thanks to everyone for your work in revolutionizing education through UDL and making it our goal to develop expert learners.